This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. All right, let's go back to where we stopped on Sunday. I just want to, let's read this part of the Bible. Uh, 1 Kings 19, are you set? 1 Kings 19 and verse 15. We are still talking about the anointing and I'm going to try and end it on Sunday by talking about the anointed one himself, who is Jesus Christ. The peak of the anointing. Now, tonight, we just want to go a little further down on Sunday, we began to talk about this. The Bible says in 1 Kings 19, And the Lord said, This is God talking to Elijah, the prophet. The Lord said, that's verse 15, 1 Kings 19, 15. Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Azel to be king over Syria. Verse 16. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Ebemehola, shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. Hallelujah. So three people to be anointed for three purposes. Now the Bible says, verse 17, It shall come to pass that him that escapes the sword of Israel shall Jehu slay. And him that escaped the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Verse 18, and I, I spoke a little bit about this on Sunday. The Bible says, Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel. All the news which have not bowed unto bow, and every mouth which has not kissed him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You can have your seat. Thank you. Hallelujah. And the little thing we said about this concluding verse on Sunday, when people begin to have Elijah syndrome, I call it, God has a way of correcting them. When you think you are the only Christian living right, when a pastor of a church begins to think that their congregation is the only people serving, they are the only people serving God, and it's coming in our time, then you open Facebook, somebody saying that there are no Christians again. Uh, what has Christianity turned to? God is not careless. <laughs> So Elijah said, I am the only one left. They have killed all your prophets. And God said, well, let's start this way. Like I said on Sunday, let's first of all give you food so that you can balance up. <laughs> so the angel gave him cake and bread, <laughs> cake and water. They knew that hunger was part of his problem because hunger will distort your vision. And then God said, now that you have eaten on the mountain, I have an assignment for you. You are going to pass the anointing to three guys. You are going to anoint for me a man called Azel because I have a mission for him in the nation of Syria. Interestingly, this Azel, the, the, what I want to call our attention to, the workings of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the way it works. Azel was a PA. We are going to look at one of these three guys tonight and the one we are looking at is Jehu. But let's just take a peep into Azel's life. Ezel was a PA to the original king that time. As at the time of the prophecy. So one day, he came to see Elijah. Now, God told Elijah to anoint three people. Now, we are not doing too much uh, uh, openings tonight. You will quickly discover Elijah ended up anointing only one person. The divine mandate was anoint three. 
but he anointed only Elisha. It was Elisha that anointed Azel and Jehu. And we're going to look at Jehu now. Even though the assignment was given to Elijah, but he ended up anointing only the third person God mentioned. Elijah, Elisha. And the third person anointed the first two. In other words, there is a way when mantle is passed, what the original possessor can do, the receiver can do also. Are you getting what I'm saying? In the sight of God, there was no difference between Elijah anointing Jehu and Israel and Elisha anointing Jehu and Israel. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh, there's so much to say about that, but let's, let's, let's just continue. So Ezra was a PA, maybe chief of staff, maybe personal assistant to the king. And one day he came to Elisha's house. When Elisha was old and sick, Elisha was looking at Ezra. And the Bible says, Elisha stared until Ezra became ashamed. So why are you looking at me, old man, like that? Elisha said that, I see the evil you are going to do to my people. He said, you are going to take their pregnant women, open them alive, and carry the baby alive, and dash them against the rock. And Ezel said that, am I a dog to do such a thing? And Elisha said that, because I can see that you are the next king of Syria. And when you sit upon that throne, now, let's say this prophet, I just want somebody to hear me. It's not my direction tonight. But you see, every throne, every throne attracts evil spirits. A person can be a good person and become the president of a nation and become demonic. And that's happening all around the world. Except the spirit in him is stronger than spirits around that throne. There is no place of authority that Satan has left neutral. When saints get there, they win by the word of God and by the spirit. Otherwise, the spirit will catch them. This is why, even in our nation, we have seen political appointments. I'm giving example. Of course, I don't mention them, so it doesn't help. I have been in a particular state with a particular governor where during Bible study, he was showing us references and quoting scriptures. Some of you know the governor I'm talking about. But a few months into him becoming governor, he later stated that it was why that is Christian, not him. Then later he called the military dictator, then his Messiah. On the throne. Ah. Hallelujah. You see, it takes a lot. I think I was talking to a young man in church literally and I was saying that. What is the assurance? You are 30 now. That by the time you are 75, it has been your wife only. And no scandal, either money or sex. And the guy talked very deeply about it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Again, so anyway, Ezekiel <laughs> said that, no, how can I do that? But you know what? If you study the Bible, he actually did that. A spirit entered him when he left Elisha's presence that day. You know what he did? The king sent him to go and ask Elisha because the king was sick. Will I recover or not? So when he was asking Elisha, he Elisha answering, Elisha was just looking at his face and said, ah boy, I see the evil you will do in the future. And Israel said, me, how can I open up the womb of pregnant women and dash their babies against the rock? 
But you see, when he left Elisha's house, like when Saul left Samuel, after the oil was poured upon him, the Bible says he became a different man. Israel left and he got to the king's palace. Instead of giving the king the answer to the error, he said, okay, sir, I've seen Elisha. And the king said, what did Elisha say? And he looked right, he looked like nobody was there. He dipped a blanket inside water. It's in the Bible. I, I would have loved them to project this particular, but I, I'm not going, it's not part of it. Dip inside water and put it on the king's nose till the king died. And nobody will probably clean it up. So there was no, and then they did not have all the gadgets we have now to know what exactly killed the king. So just say the king is dead and he became the next king. And Azel faced Israel one day, captured women and men, and did exactly what Elisha said he would do. Because there was a prophetic word. But I'm calling attention to the fact that why did God anoint Azel against his own people? Hmm. Remember on Sunday, Isaiah 45, we spoke about Cyrus. And Cyrus was not a Christian. But the Bible said, God said the Lord to his anointed Cyrus. Is there a portion of the anointing that can go to go, go uh, again? That's not our focus. We are talking about Jehu tonight. So that was Azel. Now, Jehu was the second person. Second Kings 9. Are you there? We are going to do a bit of it's a long reading. So Elisha the prophet called one of the children of the prophets and said unto him, <laughs> interestingly. It was not even Elisha that anointed Jehu. It was Elijah God told to anoint Jehu. Elijah didn't did it. He passed the assignment to Elisha. Now Elisha passed the assignment to one of the sons whose name the Bible didn't tell us. <laughs> Elijah called the children of the prophet and said to him, guard up thy lambs and take this box of oil. Ah, I can't wait for Sunday to come. Remember we talked about what oil can do. And we talk about what laying of hands. Thy New Testament, you don't exactly need oil anymore. There is, if you are a spirit-filled Christian, the oil of God is in your hand. If any man be in Christ, there is a jar of oil inside your spirit. It's inexhaustible. When you lay hands on people, it flows. Somebody say amen. So instead of you putting oil on your document, just put it between your two palms. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Put your children there. Pray, pray for them. Jesus appeared together together and he said that, again, when you want to pray for the sick, put one hand at the front and one hand at the back. God said, I see, not all sicknesses are spiritual. People can be sick because of wrong eating, can be sick because of environment, can be sick. He said, but some are caused by evil spirits and the one that caused by good doctors will not find any cure so he said if you want to know when they see Paul stand before you put one hand there and one hand here Jesus put his palm here and his palm here and the fire was burned on Nagy's palm for a long time he nearly cried and Jesus told him that when you are praying for this if you put your hand there and here and you see this fire jumping from hand to hand something moving within the person he said then an evil spirit is present call the spirit out and the person will be healed he said but if you put your hand like that now, if you are a prophet called of God, there are signs that are given to you by God that are peculiar to your ministry. Others might not understand. Are you getting what I'm saying? Ketrikuma will do certain things that you will find very funny or naughty at times. Yes. She will never allow wheelchair into the main auditorium where she was. They will put them at the basement. 
but at a certain time the anointing will rise so much that they will start getting ill there but you must not bring them to the here <laughs> there are some strange dimensions of the anointing and people possess that kind of high level high voltage they usually are a very controversial personality are you following me anyway but then are you are you are you getting what i'm sharing tonight praise the lord he said, take this oil, go to Rabbi Gilead. Verse 2. When you come in, look out there for Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, and go in, make him rise from among his brethren. This word of knowledge plus instruction, very powerful. Elisha knew that by the time the boy will be getting there, Jehu will not be alone. He will be sitting down with someone, but that was exactly what happened. He said, tell him to get up from the midst of the book, take him to a private place. And he said, carry him to an inner chamber. Hey. Real anointing does not happen anywhere and everywhere. There is where it's called inner chamber. Again, that's not where we are going tonight. He said, then take the box of oil and pour it on his head and say, don't see the Lord. I have anointed the king over Israel. Then open the door and flee. <laughs> Very funny. Amen. Pastor. And so the young man went. Even the young man, the prophet, went to Ramogilead. And when he came, behold, the captain of the, the captains, like Elisha said, as if he knew, because he was a prophet. The captains of the host were sitting, and he said, I have an errand unto thee, O captain. And Jehu said, To which one of us? And he said, To thee, Jehu. Verse 6. And he rose and he went to the house and he poured the oil on his head and said, Thus hear the Lord, God of Israel. I have anointed thee king over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Thou shalt smite the house of Ahab thy master, that I might vein the blood of my servant the prophet and the blood of the servant of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the old house of Ahab shall perish. I will cut off from Ahab him that peace Now, again, I'm being pulled in many directions. Elisha didn't tell him all this. <laughs> Elisha's sentences were just about two or three. But see what the guy is saying. Was he right? Yes. You see, he was a son of the prophet. Before he was called to go and do this assignment, some prophetic words had gone ahead about what will happen to the family of Ahab. So this guy knew the script very well. But then the second part of it is this. You can be given an instruction in the school of the Spirit. As you proceed, more details will come by the Spirit. Anytime you take first step obeying the Holy Spirit, more will emerge. Details will come. So that was what happened. Verse 9. And I will make the house of, like house of Jerubah and he went on. Verse 10. When it was true, he opened the door and fled. Look at what the other general said, verse 11. And Jehu came forth to the servants of the Lord and one said to him, is it all well? Wherefore came this mad fellow? <laughs> they just, somebody just went in with Jehu, said some words and <laughs> so, so they went to Jesus and said, is everything okay? <laughs> Why did this crazy fellow come to you? <laughs> and he said, you know this man, he didn't want to tell them what happened. He said, you know this man and his communication, you know, you know the way things can be. But verse 12, they said to him, you are lying. 
As if you all knew that, how can you just say that? Oh, hey, he just said one or two things. He said, You are lying. And they said, Then he now said, Those and those he spake to me. Those here the Lord have anointed. So he told them the truth. What the guy said. Verse 13. And the Bible said, They hasted and took every man's garment and put it under him on top of the stairs and blew the trumpet, saying, Jehu is king. These verses are loaded. You know, I speak more to choir and to different units in the church. All of them were captains of equal rank. The moment they heard that Jay was anointed, they threw down their garments and bowed. Nobody said that, our colleague, we are. Because Elisha, that the sons of the prophet were calling by name, when the anointing came upon him, they began to call him, my Lord Elisha. The anointing must be honored. Are you getting what I'm saying? Somebody can watch this message. All those pastors they want, well, I don't need any honor from any man. I don't introduce myself to anybody. I call by my, myself by my first name. But listen to me very well. We are in, a, in an age where there is total dishonor. You cannot receive from an anointing that you don't honor. And an anointed man, that's why I want to show you something about Jehu. We just took a bit, a little dash into Israel. And I showed you that someone that was a PA today, because the anointing came upon him. As a young man, he rose so powerfully that he conquered Israel and did exactly what the Bible said would do. Because there is something about the anointing. You are not dealing with a man, you are dealing with a spirit. The spirit of God at work in a man. Hallelujah. Another day we'll talk about issues that can come from the anointing. Because the anointing upon does not deal with the flaws in your character. It is the anointing with the first John 2 27 that deals with character. And the anointing with this is more important than anointing upon. Anointing upon is for a specific mission. A prophet. You can be anointed as a ruler. You can be anointed actually to have so much wealth to be a blessing to the kingdom. In that case, doors will just always open before you. When you sit down with anybody, we always pass your bill. Because there is something about you. It's irresistible. When you're an evangelist, you can't explain why you will put a stage out there and thousands will gather. Others can't dare it. It is not you. It's a cloak you've been given. Remember when I spoke about garment? In the realm of the spirit, as I see everybody sitting there and I go where to open our eyes to see, everybody's not wearing the same type of garment. And you're ranking the spirits according to the garment that you wear. That is how demons recognize you and what they say about you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Amen. These guys had no difficulty in honoring Jehu straight away. He was no more a colleague. They said you are the king and they removed their clothes and put it on them. That's a sign of total submission. Now, let's read further. Hallelujah. Go back, please. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, Jehu, the son of a conspiracy against Joram. Now, if you read further, maybe I will give you an, an assignment so that for time, just continue to read. Something, go down a little. Uh, verse 16. Verse 16. So, Jehu rode in a chariot. I went to Jezreel. For Joram was there, and Azak, king of Judah, was come down to see Joram. That's everything. And there stood a watchman over the tower and he spied a company of Jehu as he came. And he said, I see a company. 
So a watchman, so Jehu left that place and he began to ride towards Jezreel. And let's say from Ikeja to Yaba. And a watchman standing said that somebody's coming, he announced in the palace. And he said, I say, come down. Jonah said, take us men. So the king said, okay, you see a man coming on a horse and some people are coming with him. Send people to go and meet him. Now, who is he and why is he coming? And as I see peace, must a thing. So they went on us back to meet him and said, Thus said the king, is it peace? And Jay will say, What hast thou what hast thou to do with peace? Turn thee behind me. And the watchman saying, The messenger came to them, but he returned again. He returned not again. That's very important. Next verse. I will explain the two together. Then he said, The second on the us back. Which came to them and he said, Thus here the king said, peace. And Jehu said, What are that to do with peace? Turn thee behind me. Verse 20. Now, this is interesting. The watchman told, He came even to them and come not again. Something had happened to Jehu. As he was coming from afar, the king sent people to go and meet him on the way. That, Sorry, who are you? And are you coming peacefully? And Jehu just said to the guy that came, that join my crew join this company and he joined so the watchman said to the king that sorry the guy was sent i can see that he reached the place but he's not coming back then they sent another one jehu had become a new man with divine authority his presence compelled people to respond to the assignment that he carried hallelujah now, if you read down to the end, it was Jehu that killed Jezebel. This is the interesting thing. Ahab Jezebel's husband, Jehu was his right-hand man. He was his armor bearer. He was his, like a chief of staff to him. Now, Jehu saw the wickedness of Ahab, but he couldn't do anything about it. Jehu was following Ahab around as Ahab was beheading the prophet of God. And Jehu was the one following him. Jehu knew inside that this is wrong. And when Ahab died, Jehu sat among the generals. He knew that it was time to take the kingdom away from Jezebel. But there was no anointing. You might know many things and see many things that are wrong. Many people that are sick. Many people that are helpless. You are provoked to want to do something about it. But by flesh and no man prevail. It has to be that hunger because if you read to the end when he killed, when he told them to throw down Jezebel and Jezebel died then he went to the palace and he ate he was enjoying himself then after a while he told the people the last three verses he said go and check where we threw that woman down and by the time they came and they said that dogs had eaten Jezebel only a palm and the skull remaining and then Jehu said something the last two, three verses, please. Then Jehu said something. I just want to call our attention to something. That means all the while, Jehu was aware of the prophecy Elijah gave. Not even Elisha. Elijah of old had said to Jezebel one day, this is your wickedness. Dog will eat you one day. So that means Jehu heard. He was one of the custodians of the prophecy, but he couldn't do anything about it. When he was coming, he did it and he said, go see this cursed woman. And bury her for she's a king's daughter. As maybe they threw her down three hours ago, then Jay was celebrating the palace. Then it's somebody that after all, she's a princess. 
Let them not live on the floor like that. Go and bury her. And when they went there, they told him, they found no more than the skull, the feet, and the palms of her hand. <laughs> Verse 36. Wherefore they told him, this is the word of the Lord. They came to tell him, and he said, so he told them, this is the word of the Lord, which is paid by servant Elijah, the teacher by saying, in the portion of Jezreel shall dog eat the flesh of Jezebel. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you getting me tonight? Every day, Jehu kept thinking as a general, as a captain, how do we restore our nation? How do we conquer this woman, this witch called Jezebel? But Jehu had no anointing, so he couldn't do anything for a long time. It was burning him in his heart, but there was nothing he could do about it. As if God saw his heart, and then God told Elisha that, go and anoint this guy. Send one of your boys. Something has to come upon his head. And when that happened, every soldier just lined up behind the guy. And I told us on Sunday, the day was going to kill Jezebel. He got to the palace. If you read in between, before he got to Jezebel, two kings faced him and he defeated them. Yeah. So he wrote a letter to Ahab's family. He said, now I am coming. Team up together so that you can fight very well. And the senior guy told the rest that two kings could not withstand him. We don't stand a chance. So they wrote him back that, what do you want? He said, then all Ahab's children must die. Then when they got to the palace, Jezebel had painted her face. And she looked down. No, she was a very beautiful woman. And he said that, Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you are destroying your father, your boss's house. She was trying to seduce guy. Jehu just said, anybody on the Lord's side up there. And the Bible said, two Enoch's. Maybe she didn't give those ones food in the morning. They were already angry. <laughs> they looked down and said, oh, okay, we're here. He said, throw her down. And they did. I said they were waiting for somebody. And I told you on Sunday, when the prophetic is working, it awakens all the things that God had buried there and there ahead of time. When God sends you to a nation, when God sends you to your place of work, your family, whatever you are doing, God has planted because Act 15, 18 must come to pass. The Bible says, known unto God are all his works before the foundation of the earth. God does not begin to work when you get to your place of prayer and start praying. Many times when you pray, your eyes are open to the work that God had done before you started praying. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Do you know there are people everywhere for your sake? The anointing breaks them out. There are people everywhere, everywhere for your sake. One of the pastors I listened to, the first time he was dating his beautiful wife and he was staying with his uncle and he wanted to impress her. He took the uncle's car, went somewhere with the lady and here in Lagos, an armed robbers met them on the way, surrounded the car. He didn't know what, he just began to pray in the spirit and they began to fight and a towing vehicle was coming. Saw guys with gone, bent down and said, sir, do you need help? He said, because when he saw them coming, he demobilized the car. 
And because it was not his guy, he did not know how to mobilize it back. <laughs> so now when God made them to start fighting, he still didn't know what to do. And the lady was, and the man just said, and the man tied the car, helped them tow it to the house. When they got there, he ran inside to pick money to give the guy, and he came out and he said, this is the guy again. You see, angelic interventions are real. That's the Bible says, do not forget to entertain strangers. Hebrews 13. For some have entertained angels unaware. When we're growing up, we were in the house, just little kids. You know, I have two elder brothers. I was last one where playing with some electric. My parents were not at all. And somehow, my brother got electrified. What's, what's the word there? Electrocuted. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. And it was a serious thing. I know the I was the last born. The first I was last boy. The first the one between us was the other, and we we're looking helpless, and he was dying. I saw his teeth. I seen, and a man. The only thing I remember about about the man, he dressed like somebody coming from I mean, like a northerner rather, like a northerner, and he just went straight to the meter outside and switched up the meter. That's how my brother became well, and we were shouting. So the neighbors came. And by the time they came, nobody saw the man again, and my brother was okay. So we were telling that somebody switched up the meter, they didn't believe, they said, who did? And they could not find the man. Hallelujah. Sometimes, see, not all angels appear glistering in white. Many angels appear like human beings, and people don't know. My brother was going to catch a flight not too long ago was coming from Ibadonso and there was this terrible traffic on there he knew that was going to miss and he was preaching somewhere abroad I said this guy just appeared like area boy looking rough and he said bye bye he said pull out hey, pull out hey, bye bye and he said just keep going and they kept moving off the road and they got to a point they linked the road back and there was no traffic again and he said that by the time they moved like maybe 50 meters he tried to look back and they couldn't find the guy again Hallelujah. Mercy conference last year, one of the nights I was going home around to 12 and the road to my house was completely blocked. People on this side that moved to this side blocking our own way. Going was actually free, going home. It's on the express, it's spilled over to CMD road. And going home was free, but they had moved. Especially down for you know them. They, they hate anything other. They came like this and blocked everywhere. And I was, Pastor Abby was there and one other person was behind. And this guy came from nowhere wearing military uniform with Koboko in his hand. And he started telling all the boss. He was actually flogging them. The one I felt for most was one of them was not wearing clothes at all. Because it was very hot and their car had no AC. So I said, this one, it will land on him very well. Because he was driving with no singlet, no nothing. He was just wearing shorts and was driving. And the guy continued to chase them till the gate leading to our estates. And when we drove in, that was all. I actually thought that a car was coming behind us, maybe his bus. Till we drove inside, we saw no other car, no bus, no nothing. We don't know where the military guy came from. Daniel said, the Lord has sent his angel to shut the mouth of lion. They can pick fine. Sometimes they don't appear. They push people. Not push in a negative sense. They just make people do something on your behalf. Somebody say something. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. We worship you. We give you praise. We magnify your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. The first, was it the first year or second year of our marriage? My wife had one serious issue. Actually, ectopic pregnancy. You know, one of the things that I do, at times she harasses me when service is done, why do you, is people share the story of God's healing power, which many of you have seen here. But ministers at times don't tell people some of the challenges also. You see, power belongs to God. Are you with me? Yeah. You can carry the highest level of healing anointing. You are... God is not God's plan that you should break down things should happen to you. But at times they do. All you still need to do is to get up and let your faith stand. And you cannot say, but Lord, I prayed for people yesterday, they were here. Why not me? You don't ask all those questions. Just ask the Spirit of God, what do I do? And I remember that I had come to church and she just said she was having no, but one of the best doctors working with the office. I looked at her, a gynecologist, and he, he just sort of missed it that the baby was going outside the womb. I believe the devil just wanted to kill her. So that morning told me that she was having excruciating pain here. And I said, okay, it was Sunday morning. I said, okay, you know what? Maybe you should stay at home. She couldn't even get up from the bed. She said, no, you go to church. Let me stay. But as I wanted to go, I just thought about it. It just came like a thought that no, I shouldn't leave her alone. So I called somebody like a big brother to her. And that one said, okay, I'll come to the house. When I was almost getting to the house, I drove out. Thank God the man came. He drove on one way, all the way to go to the hospital because he got so serious and he didn't want to come. I was preaching in church. That was many, many years. Church was just about 20, 30 people there. But he just came. As they were there, she was going. And the owner of the hospital, who is a professor also in lawsuit, was going to church and turned back for no reason and came to the hospital. He just said, so a staff was trying to greet her. He was saying that, please open the audio up. I'm not supposed to, I'm supposed to be in church. I'm going to church. He said, but I don't know why, why I'm here. And he just told him that there is a woman. None of the young doctors would have been able to undo that situation. When the guy saw her, he actually said that, I think this is why I'm here. God, they made me sign that she might not make it. I said she will. And somebody has signed before I came on my behalf. I believe God just moved that person to be there. Glory to God. You see, when I celebrate stories of the healing anointing doing something without hospital. I also celebrate stories where God intervened in hospital. No miracle is bigger than another one. In all things, give thanks to God. Are you, are you with me? Yes. Because many went to hospital and never made it back. This is why the attitude of gratitude is very important. Are you following me? Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the same person, by the time we're going to have the two kids, I told you I didn't witness anyone. Because they happened so fast. I did not have 
the opportunity to see my wife in pain traveling to Gibbon. It just never happened that way. The first time she said she had an appointment with a doctor, she's a man you found and she was, she was even angry that I stopped the match in the night to take her to hospital. And then we got there. The first thing the guy called me said, he said that, is your first child? We said yes. Is the guy started laughing. He said, people that are due are not like this. He said, you don't understand. He says, I'll take her back home. Then he said, okay, you know what? Let her just stay for one night. He said, but I bet you are coming to pick her tomorrow morning. He said, your water is, not, is here to break and you are here. What are you doing here? So I left her. I called like one in the night. I was praying from 11 to 1. I wanted to sleep. Called like around 1.30. Alpha said that she's still watching TV. Nothing. No chain, nothing. No pay, no contraction, no anything. Then I woke up 3.30 and I saw a missed call. They called me that your wife has put to bed. She called by herself. The first I said, is that how they give back? <laughs> so I went there. The second one happened in the afternoon. The same thing. I went at Big Tree. They were using Big Tree then. I was in the office. She said she had an appointment with the doctor and I took her there. And the same thing. She just said she felt that she would give back that day. I said, you have started again. So when I, told, I told the doctor what she said and I left her there. And I drove back to office and I called around 1 in the afternoon. Alpha. She said, fine. Anything, no. Any contraction, any no. I have not said anything, nothing. And then I was counseling somebody outside. I left my phone in the office. I went back to the office around 2 3. And I saw a missed call from her. And she said that, ah, your boy is ready. <laughs> then I drove. Because most of my friends, their story is that they witnessed a woman crying and saw with join and cry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, married men, how many of you were there? You saw some drama. Tell the truth now. <laughs> you saw, you know, you saw, it's even a military passion. You saw some. <laughs> so, because the stories have been told, and I think God just had mercy on me. When I was growing up, there was a maternity home beside, next house to my parents' house, a maternity center. And I remember we used to play ball beside the house. And women will start groaning. And I remember one, two, or three that were carried out in pool of blood who couldn't make it. So the thing used to have an impression on me. So I'm, I remember in the night after playing ball, I would be on the bell and I would be remember, remembering the anguish, the agony of those women. So secretly in school, I started praying that Lord, don't let me witness somebody crying and a kind of selfish prayer, but somehow God heard it. <laughs> now they are growing old, so it's already too late. So I won't witness, except I come and pray for you. And if I come and pray for you, you are not my wife, so I won't feel it like that. But I can't even be there in that way when another woman is giving birth. That's absurd. So let the doctor do the job. We pray from outside. In the name of Jesus Christ, help her. <laughs> Are you with me? Glory to God. Let's end this by saying that crave for the anointing. You already have the anointing within because you are born again. But you need the anointing upon. Don't start anything without the anointing. And we are going to talk about how the anointing on a daily basis can be on things you do. Yeah. Be anointed. Be conscious of it. It begins with value the anointing. Value the anointing. Hallelujah. 
Even Eli in his backsliding states, the supernatural was still coming from him. Value the anointing. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. We will talk about steps to the anointing one of these days. It looks like God doesn't easily give the one upon to people. It is because the other side of the anointing is that it can corrupt. Saul was a gentleman until he became king and he had authority. Spiritual power without very deep character is extremely dangerous. It will make you a monster instead of a man of God. And it has happened a lot. People open up to you their lives when you are anointed. And you can be pushed to take advantage of people if the Lord doesn't uphold you. That is what, what is very dangerous about the anointing. I read from Benny one time, a guy in New York Times had written a book about all the healing ministers that have walked the face of the earth and only one or two of them made it to the end without a scandal and without creating problems. A friend called me recently, a man of God, and he said, let's pray for all the popular men of God who are maybe in their 70s or the final lap of their ministry. That that is when people make major mistakes, bringing false doctrine, turn away from the Lord, and you will not know. Eli was a good priest at the beginning. Even when you read the Bible, it's always at the end. You see, in life, I was still talking to the Pastor about this, where you are flying. The most delicate moment is when you are lifting or when you are landing. The only time they put seatbelt sign on is when there's turbulence in the air. But when you are about to land, even the air hostess, hostess will be told to go and sit down. It's a very, very, very precious moment. In life also, there is a time you are rising. You see, that is when people are praying for the anointing. For the anointing to come upon a man in a very heavy measure, it takes a lot of discipline. You will pray like no man. It will look like God is not really hearing what you are saying. Sacrifice upon sacrifice, obedience, and a lot of things. But when it comes upon you, it will look like cruising. Yeah. People will give almost anything to you. People who did not to be your father will almost crumble before you. Yeah. People will hear about who they will look for you. But then what begins to happen with the anointing your process? Because your words will come with authority. Even when you are joking, you can make things happen. Christian, non-Christian, everybody wants to be around you. Because the anointing attracts. But this is the funny thing. It attracts even women also. If you're a man. It will tend to attract things that can even destroy you. That's why it's a very good prayer to pray that, Lord, help me not to love what is dangerous for me. Because it can be. Why of all women? Why Delilah? Why? 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 Have you read Mrs. Kuman's story before? Yeah. Read that story. What about Alexander Dowie? There is a heavy price to pay for a man to carry the power of God, life and direct. It's in, the power of God is in measures. I'm talking about a mighty measure where even your clothes can do wonders. But then remember we said that it's not about healing alone. There's also an anointing. You can be anointed and wherever you show up, things happen in terms of business or anything. At least I met one like that. 
when I was in Abuja, she came to see me. Name whether guys in the north and guys here and everywhere, the way they look for her, interior deco, and whatever she does, somebody flew her in a jet to go and shop abroad to buy things and to come and fix things in Nigeria. If I begin to mention names, maybe the top five people in the nation, one of them came to a house to go and look at her decoration and said how much on two occasions she told me they've given her a blank check before right any amount there has that happened to you before on two occasions the guy said i don't know what to do he said you did this this is amazing i don't know what to do he said i don't know what to say he said i don't know how to pay you and the guy just took a check and signed he said write any amount on it that we are the people yeah she told me one day she went abroad, somebody just ordered for something, a small box. Her own job was just to help them bring it. She didn't even know what was inside. But the guy kept calling, I have to come and pick it myself. And the guy came, said she didn't even know who the guy was. The guy appeared at the front of her office. I just saw more poles and cars and everything. And then, was it Limo or Rolls Royce? And the guy came down and came to her office, said, can I have the stop? And it was a diamond ring. I don't know, maybe what, about 100 million or so or so. And the guy opened it there and put it in his hand and said, hey, this is it. I started talking with her. They said, so what do you... <laughs> so, some are angry as they're listening to me. <laughs> How can you <laughs> say... Remember that life is in faces. Recently I was watching rich people in, in some other... Uh, some, some of these Arab nations. The new thing they are doing is to be buying tiger and lion as pets. So when money is too much, when I see them, I just always pray for them. I hope you use some money to buy. <laughs> and they put, and they invite all their friends and you are showing that you have five tigers. And those tigers are cuddling you. I just hope you are not <laughs> smelling like food to them. Are you getting what I'm saying? Hallelujah. There is grace. There is an anointing. There is grace. You can be anointed. Hey child, you just keep rising. They mention your name and they recommend ridiculous promotion. But there is always a plan. Why? There is always a reason why God is doing that. You enter office today, in six months everybody is talking about you. And then you keep rising. Because you are the anointed one for a purpose. For a purpose. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's rise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can this anointing be on a teacher? Yes. Even if they bring a, a dummy to you, whatever you teach, they will just get it. Because it's the power of the Holy Spirit operating through you to stand in an office. Lawyers that are here, is it possible never to lose any case? There's a lawyer whose name I don't want to mention. He's a pastor now. He defeated a lawyer then who had 300 white people working under him as lawyers. As a young guy, he appeared in court and when he finished, when he defeated the guy, the guy told him after the course, wait and see me. Name your price, I'm employing you. 
it was a case of David and Goliath. When somebody you are dreaming or working with one day, you are defeating the person in court. There is an anointing. There is an anointing. Honestly speaking, if you possess it, you will know that you are not an ordinary person. You are not saying it by faith. You just know that there is something going on inside you that is not going on in other people's life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is it that I need to pray that Lord anoint me? Is that what saints should do? That's what I want to go to on Sunday. Or are there some steps that I take and they cause this oil to start coming upon me? Can I talk the Lord into giving me a special anointing? Or are there steps already shown in God's word that I take and the anointing is upon me? Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is where we will start from on Sunday. For many Christians, there might not be an anointing on you directly, but it connects you to someone that carries the anointing because you are to partner with the person. But the same grace on that person is working in your own life for another reason because you are connected. For most people, who are going out there, business, job, all those things, schools and the rest. It might not be a direct an anointing. It's a connection. Yeah. But as long as they are connected to that person, something is happening. Except the person also disconnects from God. Then it will affect. In that case, they will have to look for someone else. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because there will always be prophets and sons of prophets. Now, we don't know the name of the guy that went to pour the oil on Jehu. But it was as though Elisha did it himself. Because it can be extended. It is true. The disciples of Jesus, before they got baptized in the Holy Ghost, before they knew how to pray, they could not even pray for one another. They were when Jesus was praying. Yet he sent them out and they healed the sick. Have you read about that? And the Bible said they returned and said even demons were subject to us. What happened was that they were connected to Jesus. So their prayer life was not the factor. They were operating under someone's anointing. This arrangement is still like that. And that's why I've seen some branch pastors who felt that, you know, then they, they left and turned it to their church. I can count many names. The church just started going down, 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 down. They didn't know that when things were happening there, it was not them. They were standing on someone's shoulder. They were fighting at the valley, but somebody was on the mountain holding all and Aaron. So they thought it was them, and then they detached. That was what happened to Lot. He thought the animals were multiplied by skills. He left Abraham, and it dried up. By the time he got to the top of the mountain, it was just him and two daughters, and he was living with his own daughter. He had nothing. He didn't know that the origin of prosperity was the anointing was on Abraham because he was a partaker of Abraham's blessing. One of the things I can sell to you as an advice, not only here and those who are watching, if you are a member of a church where the anointing of God is strong, be a very strong member. There is something already on you. 
That's the truth. See, I can begin to tell all of you stories of leaders and people who were here. I can call leaders out, even some in this service, who move from, I mean, it is a sin to exaggerate. The salary move times 10. I know one that salary move times 30. Yes. The more God gives us assignment as a church, because we are not going to extort and deceive and manipulate people to give. The more God gives us assignment, the more he empowers people to be able to Yes. But that's how it works. If he needs us to have HOD in Israel, the anointing will just move some of you to Israel and move you to become eminent personality because you must have authority to open door. That was what happened to Cyrus. So he told Israel to go back to their land and he gave them timber. He had to, do, he, he had to become king of kings to be able to do that. Yeah. If God gives you a message, man, for the president and the anointing is on you. It will also put people in your life who will have access there because they will help you to get there. Because if God says, go and deliver this message, there will be a corridor that will lead there and it will be people. That's how God works. If he send you to a nation, there's no immigration that can stop you. He would have sent people ahead. And he knows what Satan will try to do, so he would have sent people. That's how it works. Hallelujah. And those people, so as long as they play their role, the anointing stays on them. Yeah. They are not the direct possessor, but they are connected and it works on them. It happens. God can keep you in perfect health because of the mission that you carry. I pray that saints of God will understand this all over the world. That the most important thing to God is his kingdom. And once people have found alignment of a role they are playing, it's very easy for this thing to spread to them. I told you of a guy, only God knows how many times they bounce him at the embassy, like, like basketball, just bouncing him. His friend that they were in school together had moved there, who did not want to go, but was led of the Lord, that he should go and start the fellowship over there. And this one that they were bouncing was a very powerful keyboardist. When it happened the last time, he was crying in his house and he just said, Lord, if you open a door for me to go to UK, I'm going to join Uche and I'll be playing keyboard for him in the church. They brought the visa. They brought his passport. They came to collect his passport, went to pull visa there and brought it to him in the house. When things are difficult, it means that kingdom is yet to be discovered. It is true. It's always where the heart of God is. Yeah. Are you following me? And when God can know whether you are whether you are serious or you are just a Lord, okay, we see if we do this, we do it. Because some people will say it and they won't do anything. But when God sees your heart, He has a way. He has a way of making unusual things to happen. It is true. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You see, some of the buses that you see, 
every time when they do Holy Ghost service, there are some buses that bring people. There was a boy, he sat there when Badeboy was preaching one day, and in anger he said to God that if you only empower me, he invited people to church, he invited people, then he paid their transfer fare like two, three times, after he did have money again. And he said, Lord, I want to do more of this. If you only empower me, at least I've demonstrated to you what I'm capable of doing. He didn't know where the work came. He bought about 14 buses carrying people to come. When God sees that, remember God himself wants souls. Many times God's controversy with his people, like Israel, prosperity made people to backslide. He had that with Israel and several people in the Bible. Because wealth is difficult to maintain. You know how many Christians have Netflix in their house now? Now they don't pray anymore. They are in the night. That's what they watch. So now you have AC, you have generator. Now you have inverter that can even carry your AC. And you watch TV till one. Then you just whisper some words to God. All of you that I'm looking at, how strong are you when prosperity comes? How disciplined are you? Won't it change anything about you? Can you have two billion and that you are not touching because God hasn't said anything about it? And you are living your normal life. You are not changing your car because there's nothing wrong with the one you are driving. You are not moved by any external stuff. You live as though you don't even know that you have money there. Now, because the Lord has not said anything to you, what should you do about it? Can you really do that? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that you help us to be doers, not hearers only. Thank you for grace to walk in the reality of this. In Jesus' name. Somebody put your hands together. Hallelujah. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you.